Wherever she goes, I go, we roll, we go Flying over cities down to Rio, it's Rio Love that I feel, oh nothing lasts forever But I'm down for the minute, so just chill Wherever she goes, I go, we roll, we go Flying over cities down to Rio, it's Rio Love that I feel, oh nothing lasts forever But I'm down for the minute, so just chill Yes, it's a big good morena to you, New Zealand, wherever you are in the country. Tuning in to SENZ, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast just after 6 o'clock. We're on a Tuesday, the 28th of March, and we're in for a big old morning. A big good morning to you, Kempi, up there in Tamaki, Makoto, Auckland. Louis, who is down across from me here, down here in Otatahi, Christchurch. You got Neeps in the back room, you got Joey B., Running the cut off the phone line, so if you give us a call on 0800 150 Joey B is your man to get you through to Izzy and Kempe. And, well, if you want to send a message, double eight double three on the Temper Bedpost text machine. Good morning, lads. How you doing, Kempe? Yeah, morena, morena, A little bit of rain coming in this morning on our last week of daylight savings. Obviously, the clocks go back, uh, I think it's a Sunday, isn't it? So get get an hour back. I'm looking forward to having <laughs> that extra little bit of sleep next week um, as we adjust Ooh. to that. But, um, yeah, mate, it's sort of on its way, isn't it? The winter, winter months are... Heading our way, you wake up, you get a little bit of drizzle, get a bit cold, the old singlets get put away, and it's going to be a, a one of those one, oh, ones, I guess. Oh, that'll be pretty <laughs> deflating for you, eh? Singlets <laughs> yeah. put away. Singlets put away. Nah, they'll never be put away, mate. Had another one on yesterday. Um, good. Mate, had a real good catch-up, actually, with our good mate Carl Budge, uh, Budge yesterday. Had a good chat with him and about everything he's up to and wh- what he's doing, and uh, he's got plenty on oh, his plate. Oh, you getting the scoop. Uh, yeah, mate, we just, um, well, we've known each other for a while, so just had a cup of coffee around at my place and telling me a little nice. bit about um, what went on down in Christchurch uh, last week and just thought we'd have a catch-up and talk everything um, sport and business, you know, because from my perspective, he's always been our top administrator um, in New Zealand and he's got a wonderful, wonderful mind on him as far as sports goes and events goes and I just wanted to, to basically have a chat to him about um, the GP's um, series and and his thoughts and actually what he thinks of sport in general and, and around New Zealand. So that was a that was a good afternoon actually um, catching up with him. He's ca- carrying a little bit of a cold. He's doesn't know whether or not he's um, thinking about San, Fr- San Francisco at the moment because you got that big final going on up there. Um, but yeah, mate, just getting busy. You know, it's getting busy. There's so much going on at the moment. The NRL, of course, we've got Super Rugby. Got um, I look asked you that question yesterday. The injuries in Super Rugby, you sort of forget about the injuries, eh? Coming into mm. a World Cup year, you just think, oh yeah, we're going to get to the back end of the year, and uh, we're going to be able to pick our best All Black team, mate. You just don't know what's going to happen. 
and and uh, I think over the weekend we had a few players go down. The big um, the big flanker from Canterbury was a big worry for us. Is he? He's come back from his shoulder injury, seen, seen, being seen walking down the sideline. You know, you just don't want to see those type of things. What are your thoughts on on that? Because I know that, you know, you've had your, your own troubles through those periods. Um, do, do you, on World Cup year, does that play in the back of your mind? You know, when, you, no, for sure, when you've Kempe. got that? Mm. Yeah, for sure. Look, 2015, I was struggling with form anyway, but I went extra 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 to try and get my body right and it actually went the other way I started putting too much pressure on myself and I couldn't get rid of these little niggles um more calves like I was constantly getting calf strains little calf tears and I was I, I felt if I look back then I was just probably trying too hard and just not, and putting too much pressure on my body and and at the end of the day I was I, I ran out of time and and I was obviously wasn't selected, so I can understand this is a big year. There's always that in the back of your mind. You're not trying to look too far ahead, but the World Cup later later this year. So I know you're talking about Ethan Blackett. I was I was at training yesterday, Louis. I know you'd love this. I was at, I went and just um, popped in, and actually we had to go pick up a box. So Sonny Bill pulled out his book. I don't know about a year or two years ago, and he sent me one. I only really picked it up yesterday, so I'll have to get into that. Um, but. Um, yeah, look, I went in there and, and the training, and I was watching training, and I was like, who's that? Oh, who's that? There was just so many injuries with the Crusaders at the moment. But the one uh, shiny light out of it, Scotty Barrett, has been allowed released to play an extra game because, honestly, without him, I think they've got one lock or two locks that, that potentially could be available. You've got Jamie Hannah, who, Hannon, who played for his, his debut on the weekend. He's got a bright future, I'm hearing. I was sitting with Sammy Watlock. What's he like, Sammy? said, mate, goes good. Goes big good. So if you've got Sammy Watlock on the sidelines, just button you up, button you up, uh, it goes a long way. But so, yeah, he's been released. But, yeah, injuries, it's, it's a frustrating thing. And probably haven't heard the extent of Ethan Blackadder, but from all signs, it, it looks like a pretty... Pretty gnarly, um, gnarly mm. calf injury for for Ethan. So, hopefully, not too long on the sidelines. I think David Harvey he was running around yesterday. So, it's some positives. Quinn and Strange was having a wee jog around as well. We had Corey Callow out there. So, there's some some good quality players. Um, but yeah, injuries are always part of it. Injuries always part of of the future, and that's why you got to dig deep. And you can't rely. That's the question marks we have with the Dolphins. Like they've got a quality. Starting team, 13, but when it gets a little bit deeper, that's when they'll be tested. So uh, plenty going on, but a big good morning to you, Louis Herman Watts. How you doing, bud? Good, boys. Yeah, good. You're right. The injuries are mounting up across the codes. And um, mm. you know, the one I'm really interested in, because I think he's a ripping bloke and he's got a life outside of rugby, but he's also hugely influential for any team he plays in is Will Jordan's concussion-related illness. Like This yeah. is a something that we're going to keep a close eye on. The longer he sits out, the more people are going to be... He was? Mm, jogging around, but... Yeah, I'll ask the same question, but he's just... Yeah, you just get no detail from the mate. It's like... It's going on for Will. He should have shared a room, mate, and headed head, uh, head out of the country with Kalen Ponga. Got to check, get checked out, because <laughs> on the other, other side of the on the other side of the game in the rugby league, like the real worrying, like I said to you about Kalen Ponga, whether or not, mate, he can sustain that front line. I don't think he's playing standoff again, do you? Like he's mm. got to go back to fullback. Nah, chuck him at the back. 
Chuck him out the back for sure. Get him back out there playing. But yeah, Will Jordan. Like, oh, someone asked me the. Well, you asked the question actually last week mm. about Will Jordan. Yeah. And he said, like, who's someone that really excites you that could be a, a generational player? And I, I was linking, I was thinking, well, it's Will Jordan. Like, we've seen glimpses of it. We've seen glimpses of, of his ability on the field. He's he's a game breaker. He's a world. He can, the world's at his feet, but he just can't catch a break. And when he's fully fit, I, I, I genuinely think he can be one of our best players and well-known players from, from a global perspective. So, yeah, but I don't I don't know. The updates aren't positive. You know, he's jogging around. I don't think he's made a tackle in over a year. So, yeah, when's he going to get back? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> don't <Yeah>. know. <laughs> well, the longer it, well, the longer it goes out, long, it's a couple of different ways you can kind of read the tea leaves. So the longer it goes on, they're obviously being conservative, which could be a good thing. Or yeah, I think it. I think it could be a um, a good thing for Will Jordan. I think that's a question that needs to be asked. Is he um, on the back of it? Is that whether or not Will Jordan is actually safe enough to to get through I guess this part of the year and play the back end of it that, that, that was really the question I was asking like who is actually like the biggest worry for you out there at the moment if we were to lose someone going into this World Cup who would that be double eight double three um, give us a text uh, who you thinking this year the World Cup we've got plenty of them going down at the moment let's just have a look at the list of Injuries with those players, um, you know, you got Dave Harvilli out in the back, out in the back, um, outside backs. Like, you know, we know that's a problem area for us. You know, you got, you got him down with a shoulder. Uh, like you said, you've got Ethan Blackadder. We know that the the back three are problems with us. So you're worried about losing him. So Sam Whitelock. What happens if you lose a Sam Whitelock or a Scotty Barrett? You know, do we? What if, what happens if we lose Metallic? You know, see, that's that's the point I'm making. Like it gets, it starts to get a little bit worrying when you're going in and you and you're travelling um, at number three, number four in the world, and then you're you're starting to talk that caliber of player and whether or not he's going to be there at the World Cup. Will Jordan, if he's not at the World Cup, that'd be a, a massive issue. That's a huge issue, Kimpy. Yeah, that would be. He is a game breaker. He can start anything. He can create anything. And look, I just I hope. It's not all doom and gloom for, for Will Jordan, and we, we need to see him playing, if not soon, maybe later. He's still got time on his hands. The you know, World Cup's a, a lot of, a long way away, so there is a lot of months ahead for him to hopefully uh, force his way into the squad. Look, selectors will no doubt have him in the back of the mind with these, so uh, we'll, we'll keep that uh, conversation going. Kempi, we've got a big show today. What Who have we got coming up? Yeah, look, after after seven, we'll play back a, a little bit of a chat we had with Danny Lee last week and especially catch up with him on what he, his thoughts are around the LIV one and uh, and his future. It's really interesting, so tune into that. 7.40, we'll catch up with uh, Alden Smith, head coach of the Central Stags, a talk Ford Trophy decider today when they host Canterbury in Napier. It'd be a good game too, Izzy, that one, um, especially for the locals who have been going through a bit of a hard time on the back of those cyclones. Courtney Tidy will join us out of 8 o'clock to talk ANZ Nepal and Dean Skipper, the owner of Prowess, who's been partying hard I'm taking, we'll talk later on about the Phillies' future um, and of course that fantastic win in the Vinery Stakes all that, we've got so Paulie Mawadi of course we've got the Doyen to catch up with uh, another off the back fence I'm going to stick with rugby, is he? 
today, so uh, tune into that, 7.23, and you're dead right. It's a big show, a big show, plenty on. Let's go. Beautiful, and obviously huge news yesterday in terms of the TAB. Massive. The big deal hasn't been signed as of yet, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be signed, and you lads would have been right across this. Good, the bad, the brave. What is it? What are our, what are we? Th- what are our thoughts supposed to? You love it? I've, yeah. Well, yeah. Where you go? Where you go, Lou? It it's um. Oh, it's necessary. So Entain. Yeah. For anyone that missed it, Entain, who which owns Ladbrokes and Eds, and we preempted this last week, but I didn't know it was going to happen, and it had a lot of conversations about this, and had a long conversation last night actually, and got all of the details. And um, essentially, the biggest thing to know, the biggest thing to take away for punters, because this is what people want to know, what does it mean for punters? Well, essentially, Ladbrokes, because they're the most odd, we know them, Ladbrokes are going to be coming into a partnership with the TAB pretty much over the next two years, integrating their operations to run the TAB, which will make our punting product better. That is the short of it for punters. Our punting product is going to be better. And then for the industry, how's this? This is some figure, um, and Kempe, your mate Bruce Sharrick will be, I think, licking his lips at this. I heard a figure last night that this means that to get into the strategic partnership, Entain will be putting a, a figure up, and this will be a boost of $50 million annually to the codes. So currently, oh, that's good. I think the, yeah, I think currently the TAB... Offer, I think it's about 150 million a year to that goes back to the coats, um, and this is going to be somewhere of in that kind of 25 percent extra figure of that. So th- the thoroughbreds galloping would get probably about 60 percent of that, I imagine. So mm. y- you think about it, next year and the year after, or whenever this comes into effect, the galloping coat would have another 35 odd million. $30 million to play with, which they can put into stakes, infrastructure, all that stuff. So ultimately, this is a good thing on so many different fronts. I do believe that um, for punters and for the industry. So just details to tidy up. And the, the good news for uh, people that work at the TAB is that jobs for the next two years are secure. And I know that's yeah. something that um, Kieran McAnulty, the Minister of Racing, will, will be really appreciative of. So he still needs to sign it off, but it'll, this will be happening and this will happen really fast. And You know, the other thing is, I don't know what it necessarily means for us and our partnership with TAB, but it just means the space around bookmaking in New Zealand is going to be very fluid and ultimately progressive over the next two years. So it, I, I am excited about the prospect and it's, um, it was cool to see that kind of all come out yesterday. Yeah, I'm excited too, Kempe. Look, Kempe, when you think of racing, you think of the Group 1s and you think of the stakes money that's going to be on offer. Are we going to see more genuine million-dollar races with us still being signed? Oh, it's a big, I know it's a big push about getting stakes race money, um, you know, increased. We've seen that this year, I think, in the... There's a, there's a number of issues that they still have to, you know, which I can just look at on the face of things. The first one is, of course, we've got elections this year, um, so we might not have a racing minister, a current racing minister in that in that seat, whether or not it gets pushed through um, in the short time period before those elections is a massive issue. Uh, the, second, the second one is, of course, is bringing everyone together. So whilst you've got all of this going on in the background, you still have what... Um, 
Bruce and, and his crew are trying to achieve and bring everyone together to make sure that, you know, it sort of all syncs, it's all in sync. And at the moment, I think there's still a, a couple of moving parts that really need to fall into place for this deal to go through. And it, it's good on the face of it. I totally agree with Louis. You know, we want to keep, you know, people like yourself, Izzy, who have horses running in Australia and New Zealand, you know, the, the likes of Prow West, we want to we want to see the best horses running around here. To get that to yeah. happen, there's still so much more work that Bruce um, has to do, as well as what the TAB and, of course, um, you know, the steel means to the country uh, has, to, has, to, has to sort of come together. But on the, on the basis of it being put together, it's a de- dead set good thing. You know, if, if uh, we can if we can uh, if we can achieve achieve all of that, what Louis just said by election day, well, then I think we're heading in the right direction. Yeah, I, I get excited. I get excited. We we want to see our best fillies, mares, stallions, colts play racing in New Zealand. That's what we want. We want to see the best horses, and this goes a long way. This is only a start, but it's a it's a good way to to keep the punters well in in check. In line and obviously great for the racing industry with what we've been able to provide over the weekend. How good was that? Champions going over to Aussie and just sticking one right up them. How good? Anyway, it is 20 past six and it's time for this. Can't wait question of the day. Yeah, it is time for Can't Wait Question of the Day. And Izzy, this is a bit of you this morning. It was an interesting find. Under two weeks out from the first major of the year, and uh, you, you said that Gary Player has done a couple of interesting interviews. So I went and had a look at it, and he's launched one of the most scolding red hot takes I could imagine. He said that he rates he rated the majors. There we go. We're just uh, talking about the majors, and of course, um, what Louis saying is we can't wait. Question of the day: We've had a we've had a chat this morning, and we wanted to know what you think about this uh, under two weeks ago um, out from the first major in, uh, of the year and the great Gary Player he's launched a like Louis was saying a burning red hot take he rates the Open at one and the US Open at two the PGA at three and of course Augusta which I think is the is the number one at four um, and on Augusta and the Masters it's the youngest this is what he's had to say it's the youngest of the majors the others are steeped in tradition and history and they still have to catch up nothing comes to the top without time so what is your ranking of the four majors what have you got out there is it the Open uh, the P- is it uh, of course the Gary um, sorry the PGA majors that uh, Gary Play is talking about let us know 0800-150-811. We'll come back uh, and get your answers after this. Yes, welcome back. It's 27 past six. A nice, beautiful morning here in Otatahi Christchurch. I hope the sun is shining wherever you are in the country. Well, we're talking golf, and I love my golf. We're under two weeks out from the first major of the year, and the great Gary Player has launched a burning red hot take. I rate the Open at one. US Open 2, PGA 3 and Augusta 4 on Augusta and the Masters is the youngest of the majors. The others are steeped in tradition and history and they still have to catch up. Nothing comes to the top without time. And Paul from Harwitter has come through on the text machine, double eight double three. My pick of orders of majors, the Masters Open Championship, US Open PGA from Paul and Harwitter. Well, I'm with you, the Masters. I'm, I just can't look. Past the Masters, I absolutely love it. This is one time of the year, the one golf course, the only golf course where you can go 
and have a chance at a crack at the Masters, the Green Jacket. So Augusta National in Georgia is my top, um, followed by the Open, and then I'd go US Open, and PJ would be the bottom of the list for me. So for you, Kempi, if you uh, have a list. Yeah, I do. I do. I, look, I, look, I like the Masters. I think um, that's got to be this, that, that course, that one, you know, all those shots, those greens, you know, all that... Uh, all that stuff that Tiger Woods used to do when he first came in and and get us all excited about watching golf again. And the other one for me is he, which I think is a really close second, is the British Open. Mm. You know, because um, playing over there for for so many years and and looking looking at the the players like um, Lee Westwood and Co. You know, I think on that open links type course, uh, you know, watching watching people cave in on that course too, going down on that uh, on the eighteenth hole, for me. Those are the two that uh, really spring to mind, which is the Masters and, of course, the British Open. Beautiful, beautiful. Love the Masters for you, Louis. Yeah, I, I do struggle to go past the Masters, and it's it might be like a boring pick, but I think it is the Masters. But I actually totally agree with Kempi. I am very, very hot on the heels of the Masters is the Open. Uh, the, you, yeah, like, yeah. I love I love the tradition. I love it, and I love what Sir Bob Charles and his conne- our connection to the Open um, in New Zealand, and then the US Open and the PGA Championship. So very, very similar. Um, yeah, the US Open is amazing because it's just so hard. It gets, you know, I love watching mm. these. Pro- I love, I would prefer five under uh, when the majors are five under champions rather than 20 under every day of the week. Beautiful, beautiful. It's a tough one and it's a good question. And Brett loves it. He said, Good question. My opinion is in order of mana. First Augusta, second US Open, unless the Open Championship is held at St Andrew, then that's second, British third, fourth, the PGA. And get this, lads, 1988, Sandy Lyle from Scotland won the um, won the Masters. And if you remember that shot out of the bunker to get himself in the winning circle, it was a wonderful shot. Go back and watch the clip. Well, I was lucky enough to play around with Sandy Lyle in Scotland. So that was a very cool moment for myself. A few of the lads that were over there playing a bit of footy, it was one of the special moments. So, look, there's been some champions. You read off the list, and uh, well, one of the biggest ones, 2016, Danny Willett, when uh, Jordan Spieth did what Jordan Spieth did and allowed Danny Willett, the English, to go through and win it. So keep those messages coming through. And SENZ is back on in the bay, 5.49am. Came back on about 2pm yesterday. Go the mighty magpies. There you go. So keep those messages coming through. What is your ranking in terms of Masters? Your favourite? One to four. There are four uh, majors that you can choose from. Rank them and send us a message on double eight. Double three on the Temper Bed Post text machine. Coming up, we've got some headlines with the one and only Louie Hermawat. We've got Quizzy Dag at around 6.40. So stay tuned. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Aroha. It's 33 past six, and it's now time for some headlines with Louis. Brought to you by Bunnings. Power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. Louis. Well, let's start with some weather. 
for Kimpy and for everybody because the Black Caps second ODI is starting today, well meant to be scheduled for today and a lot of the Black Caps players are off at the IPL so it's going to be a great opportunity for the likes of Henry Nichols, Tom Blundell, uh, Chad Bowes, those guys that haven't played heaps of one day cricket of late but unfortunately it looks like we're about to get a snow slash rainstorm um, today oh no. at 2pm two, at 2 when the, <laughs> the first ball's due to be bowled is he, we're going to get 2.4 mils but actually what's worse than that is it's meant to be 7 degrees so it's going to drop to 7 degrees today just after lunchtime in Christchurch so the Sri Lankans will be absolutely loving that and uh, it's due to rain right throughout the afternoon just spitting but it doesn't look like it's going to be very nice weather so I'd be surprised if they can get too much cricket in today that's why it's awesome we have the Ford Trophy final going on in Hastings starting at 11 and Kempi uh, I'd love to get your take on this one throughout the morning but it looks like they want to reinvigorate the Four Nations concept of Rugby League Tonga Samoa Australia of course New Zealand they think that there's a chance they can get it up and going at the end of this year and they've got the nations on board with it it's always about finding a window in the calendar but if there's a will, there's a way. So that's really exciting, and um, I'm sure we'll chat about that throughout the morning. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much for those headlines, Louis. Plenty going on. Hopefully the rain. Now nah, we've got no chance. I heard it's going to get so cold here in Christchurch, and no surprises before I shoot off. Let's go. We're talking golf. We asked a question <laughs> earlier on. Send your rankings through uh, in terms of the majors, and one's come through. Open. Masters, US Open and PGA. So he's flicked the script there and he's gone for the Open with the history that has involved where golf actually was started. We love our golf game. And Cliff from Dunedin, he's a golfing fan. He wants to have his say. Morning, Cliff. Yeah, morning, lads. How you doing? Yeah, very well. Thank you, mate. Starting to to cool down out here. Yeah, (laughs) my, my thoughts on the golf... P- the US PGA has probably got the best field. It tends to yep. go on rankings through the whole field. The US Open, um, probably the toughest course. They always set it up yeah. tough because it's picked by the the USGA, which is not the PGA itself. Uh, yep. Open Championship, it moves around. And it's the field is probably, probably on the weaker side because they picked players from who get in you know on small tours get through uh and the masters well there's only 79 players in the masters and it's mostly invitational you've got to be ranked probably top 25 to 30 to get to be sure to get in and you've got to won something quite recent but i rank the the masters probably i rank the top because it's played in the one place and it's got a tradition and it's usually won by a pretty good player who's got to be in form. Uh, then the US Open, because it's the toughest course set up usually, and it's a, it's a tough, yep. tough place to play. They, it's not played the same place all the time. And then, then the PGA and then the Open. I, I, not because I think the Opens are... Because it, it, they play it everywhere in England and Scotland. Just, I'm talking about just really on the toughness in a way, but the Open Championship yep. is a great listen. It's a great watch. But, uh, yeah, the Masters for me, it's just something about it, you know, and they start playing that music on the first oh, day yes. with your first, your first tune into it. It's just something special. 
Oh, it gives you a bit of goosebumps. It does. They take you through the moment when you when you're driving up the long driveway and you go, oh, just and everything's in perfect condition. It is so good, Cliff from Dunedin. Thank you so much. And you really, yeah, you, you you got the brain thinking there around in terms of of the competitive nature of all the majors and the open. Well, it allows people from the DP World Tour, uh, people from the Asian Tour. You can, you know, like you saw Michael Hendry yesterday um, getting qualification from over in Australia or an Asian World City Tour over in Asia. So yeah, I can understand that. And PGA goes on ranking, so you've got the best players in the world at that time that are going to be playing that. So, yeah, that's another way to to, to think about it, the lads, and pretty good way to think about it, actually. It's a nice one there, Izzy. You're dead right on the Masters, because <laughs> for me, I look, the music, once it does start playing, is... You're dead right, giving you goosebumps and, and all that sort of stuff. We've got another text there here. Masters by a mile. I was lucky enough to be there when Tiger won 2019. 60th birthday oh. gift for my darling wife. Amazing experience walking up the 18th fairway with goosebumps. The walking up any of those fairways, I think, for any of those players on that day. Um, geez, imagine putting that in your, in your bank, in your memory bank, you know, as a player. Oh. Yeah, I'd absolutely love to go play the Masters. Oh, I was lucky enough to play where they're playing the um, the US Open this year, LA Country Club. And well, wasn't that hard? Just shot a lazy seventy six off the whites, but hey, let's go now. That was I can see it being like the 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 roughs. The rough was like tiny, so if you if you spray it, you you weren't in any trouble. And um, that's what they do differently with the USGA. They just set it up differently. The rough's long and it's and it's tough. Some nice shots, some nice holes there. Oh, it's going to be a great watch. But the Masters for sure. And I loved Cliff from Dunedin's perspective on it, talking about the competitive nature of all the Masters. you got to look at that history aside. You want it to be competitive and you want the best golfers playing at these events every single time. And some of them allow everyone. And I like that. You want to have inclusion. Because in, uh, in golf, it is an inclusive sport, and we want be, uh, people to be able to, you know, be be involved with this. So keep those messages coming through. We got plenty there on the text machine. We'll get to those shortly. We're talking a bit of rugby at the start of the show. We're talking golf now. We're ranking the golf majors. So let us know on double eight double three or be like Cliff oh eight hundred one five zero eight to eleven on the Kennard Tire phone line. And on the Kennard Tire phone line, it is time for Quizzy Dag. Take on the quiz master. Give yourself a chance to win a $50 TAB bonus bet. 0800-150-811 to take on me, moi, the quiz master. This is how you do it. Quizzy that come play it. This is how we do it. Quizzy that come play it. Quiz is on the line. Just one at a time. Don't Google a lie. Phone a friend, you'll be fine. Just listen for the signs. TAB with the prize. 50 bucks if you wise. If you're wrong, and then we'll say goodbye. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Quizzy, they come play it. Quizzy, they come play it. 0800 150 811. Now give us a call. 
Yes, give us a call. And if you're a new caller, this ain't rigged at all. But I'll do my best to get you that $50 TAB bonus bet. I promise you that. Oh, 800-150-811. On the Kenar Thai phone line, that is your time. There's a couple of spots there. Don't be shy. I know you're sitting at home going, Ooh, should I, should I? Yes. Pick up the phone and call. There we go. It's time for Quizzy Dag and we'll get Zade on the line. Oh, he's always over everything or sport. So we'll get him up to open up the bat. Morning, Zade. Good. Good morning, Izzy. How you doing, mate? Good. Um, I listened to your uh, podcast with Jimmy Ma. Great potty, uh, Izzy. You... Oh, thanks, bro. Thank you very much, yeah. mate. Appreciate oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate your comments, bro. Yeah. I didn't tell too much. Wait for the book, mate. You'll get all the scoop on Kempi. I promise you that. Here we go. Question number one. <laughs> Which team? Won the ANZ Premiership last year. Uh, was it the Pulse? That is correct. Well done. Question number two. The EPL is on pause for the international window and is back this weekend. Which team sits at the top of the table? Arsenal. Arsenal is correct. Question number three. It seems as if the Fury Usyk fight is falling apart in the final stage of negotiation. What percentage of the fight money did Tyson Fury demand? Was it 70-30? 70%, 30% split, and it still fell apart. Absolute shambles. I can't believe it. Anyway... Question number four. No surprises, you're at four. Which Super Rugby player has scored the most tries of the season in 2023? Is it Sean Stevenson? Oh, he's on a Do he's you know how many? how many? How many? How many? If any. Is it, is it six or six? It's seven. I'll give you that. You're lucky. I'm feeling good today. <laughs> Question number five. Zade, you're outstanding. And I'm no, no surprises here. What year did Sean Johnson receive the Golden Boot Award? Five. And you get no clues. Golden Two. Boot. Golden Boot. <laughs> One. Uh, 2018. 2018. Zade, it is incorrect. Sorry, brother. Mate, honestly, outstanding effort this morning, Zadie. Appreciate your call every morning. You're passionate about sport and you're all over it. Well done. We're going to go to Murray from Christchurch. Mazza! He heard my call. And Mazza, he's come through. We're going to get him paid. How you doing, Muzz? Good, thanks, bud. Oh, good. What year did Sean Johnson receive the Golden Boot Award? You got a clue, Kempe? Between 2015 and 2013. <laughs> 2014. <laughs> Yeah, that's correct, Murray! Well done, Mazza! Mazza! You are You're a, a champion, Kempi. You're a champion, Kempi. I told you. I told you, if you call and you haven't won the quiz before, well, you got a good chance today. We couldn't Gee, miss that, cold, could you? Nah. Gee, it's cold, isn't it? There'll be no cricket today. No. It, it's freezing, Murray. It is absolutely... Oh, I don't actually know. I'm in my, I'm inside. But, yeah, she looks a bit doom and gloom out there. Hopefully not. Yeah. Good day to go salmon fishing. There's a positive out of it, yeah. mate. Hey, well done, Murray. $50 TAB Thanks bonus for. bet coming your way, brother. 
Congratulations. Cheers. Thank you. There he is. Dag. Another day. I told you. <laughs> Great clue, Kempi. One of my Great be, that's clue. one of my best. That, that is the best. <laughs> Has to be the best. There's no cryptic in that. It's just, it is what it is. I, mate, you know what? I, I was sitting there going, do not say don't anything. Don't say 2030. <laughs> do, don't say anything other than 2014 because we'd have to clip it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, so good. Anyway, we'll shoot off. We'll come back with some love racing plenty going on. SCNZ, we're four minutes away from 7 o'clock this morning. Uh, welcome back into the show. Oh, how's that for timing? Double eight, double three. You want to read that one, Kimby? Yep, it says, uh, shout out to Louis Clado and the good old team. Just got my top up from the skill and knowledge of the weekend. Love your work, lads. How good. Got paid. Everyone got paid, and we get a big shout out yesterday as well because me and Izzy got paid as well. Everyone's happy <laughs> after the weekend. Finally! <laughs> yeah, Finally. they... I got a couple of messages from people. I actually, it was $138 got deposited into 20 different people's bank account, which is, you know, fill your car up, go get some groceries. And the beauty of it, it's not a bonus bid or anything, it's cash, so you can take it out and do what you want with it. So it was a good weekend, wasn't it? Um, It was a fun weekend. And this weekend, I think I'm just going to roll everything I've got into Sharp and Smart in the Derby, to be honest. It kind of is giving me really similar vibes to Prowess. Like, I couldn't see her getting beaten. I can't see him getting beaten. The, the rest of these staying three-year-olds are, are okay. There's nice chances. Um, you know, there are horses that have been set for this for a long way out, but he's consistently showing, just like Prowess has, that he's got superior stamina against his class, and I think Sharp and Smart this weekend is a, a really nice bet. Um, just looking in the futures markets now to see what we can get for him currently at the New Zealand TAB. And I reckon it'll be somewhere near 280. 280's a fair bit. I'll probably wait until the final field comes out just to see the, the draws and that sort of thing. But I imagine he'll be at kind of a $3 chance on the day. Um, Pericles, Mark Twain, the Kiwi, Angelus, the Kiwi as well, heading over. But I do, Man's always obviously won the Victorian Derby, but I think Sharp and Smart would have beaten him that day, and, and he's a good bet. So that's, that's fun. There's more Kiwis we can, another New Zealander to win another Group 1 in Australia. I'm I'm really confident about it, and I think it's so exciting that we've had this a sustained run here now with Kiwis in Australia flying our flag. It's um it's pretty exciting. And is he, did I see Pungo's racing on day one of the, uh, of the championships? Um, I don't know. Oh, no. <laughs> I'll tell you, nah, I, he is. I'll tell you what, he's racing. Along he's with racing. Pungo, though, you've got the Doncaster Mall, TJ Smith stakes, the, the Derby, and of course the Produce stakes too. Four Group 1s, Louis, all this time of the year. It's a grand final for a lot of horses before they get spelled um, before next spring. So if you're looking at multis, have a deep look into those four. And on the tail, not on the nose, Brett, you'll get paid. That's right. And Kimpy, do, do you know, I actually had a look through the, the weights for the Doncaster Handicap, one of the greatest handicaps, uh, mile handicaps in the world. Mr. Brightside is going to be a place bet. He is going to be a lovely place bet again. He gets 55.5 kgs. He won the All-Star Mile. He's not outweighted in this race. Uh, him and Fangirl, they're tied favourites at the moment, $6 each. I think they probably run the Quinella, to be honest, and I think he's going to be a nice place bet. And Giga Kick in the TJ Smith. He won the Everest last year. And could this be the last time we see Nature Strip go around? Oh, storylines. Love it. Oh, man, there's plenty going on. <laughs> just, I'm just taking a... 
just a couple of breaths after last weekend, and then we're bang into another big weekend. It's so good. And um, I'm just changing my tack, Louis. So uh, there you go. Place anyway, Danny Lee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, place bin. On the tail, never on the nose. Danny Lee coming up. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Wherever she goes, I go, we roll, we go, flying over cities down to Rio, it's Rio, love that I feel, oh nothing lasts forever but I'm down for the minute so just chill, wherever she goes, I go, we roll, we go, flying over cities down to Rio, it's Rio, love that I feel, oh nothing lasts forever but I'm down for the minute so just chill. Yes, welcome back as you can be for breakfast on SCNZ. It is Tuesday the 28th of March and yeah, it is, well I thought it was a beautiful day but I'm looking out there, she's dark and gloomy and she's about to snow down here in Otetahi Christchurch so the summer is ending, that's okay because I'm jetting out of here, cannot wait, come on, <laughs> let's go on. Anyway, that's been a big show and well done on the weekend Louis, obviously a big fill up for all our punters out there, 100 odd dollars. Well, so when you be a part of that, is it what? Do you, what's the entry fee? One hundred thirty-eight, one hundred thirty-eight bucks, and on well, the entry fee. Oh no! Oh no! 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 None of that. It's uh, so thanks what, to the mail run. Yeah, double eight, oh. double three. Thanks for listening to the mail run, man. Um, double eight, double three. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Look, I do. I follow follow you on the app on the socials, so I see all your multis and everything. Obviously, you missed it by one leg, but I got Uduzo. On the weekend, and that was a good one. Well, here's another one for you, Izzy. We missed it by a leg, but what we do is we take any three multis. So yeah, see. we t- take the multi, but then, and that's another great way to go about it because you just give it. Because how many times do you get done by one or two legs? Like you've read oh, all the time. Well, I do. Me too. <laughs> so, so, yeah, that's what we do. But yeah, no, just it's free. Just have to listen to the mail run and text the code word, and twenty people get a chance to win free money. Pretty, pretty. Cool. Oh, if it's free, it is me. What am I doing on a Saturday instead of donate? I'll just go on the good or on the mail run and get paid. How good? Keep it up, mate. Uh, well, last week we were lucky enough to catch up with the one and only Danny Lee. He's outstanding after his big win at the LIV. And if you haven't heard the uh, the chat, head over to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on our podcast. All right now, just stay tuned because it's coming up. Well, in a world where we have extraordinary sporting moments seemingly every day, Danny Lee putting from the rough, cut to prevail, a four-man playoff in his second LRV Tour event would have to be one of the best things we have seen in recent memory. After a long time out of the winner's circle, we've been waiting to be able to celebrate the return to the top of one of our most talented golfers ever, and boy did Danny deliver. If he needed any validation for his decision 
to leave the PGA Tour. He definitely found it along with the $4 million USD. So good. What a win. The LIV Tour is on its way down under to the Grange Golf Club Adelaide next month. And our man Danny Lee will have his shoulders wide, chest puffed out, and looking to go huge for his Ironheads teammates again. He's on the line with us now, and we really appreciate it. How you doing, Danny? Congratulations. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. Uh, we, we appreciate it, mate. Look, what has this last week been like, Danny? You must have been overwhelmed with the amount of support and congratulations that you've received. Yeah. Um, obviously, winning is always awesome, but winning out on the live uh, proved that I, I'm still capable of winning, and um, I did. I contribute uh, quite a lot of times on a team game too. So, and then we finish. Uh, team Iron had finished uh, third, and uh, we made it up to podium, first time ever for uh, um, um, for Team Ironhead. So, um, a lot of good happened. A lot of good stuff happened, and now. Uh, I was obviously very happy with my individual win. Hey, Danny, I was I've watched that replay over a few times. You must you must have watched it. You rattled it into the hole. How you know? Just take us through that last that last putt. Yeah, um, where my ball was, ball was kind of setting down on the rough. Um, there's a lot of people who are walking around in that area so rough wasn't really the issue because it was pretty mapped down um i don't think there's any chance i can try to make that with the chipping it so i decided to go with the putter i felt like that one has the most chance to make that that shot and i thought i hit that a little too firm than what i wanted it but pin got in the way and and I call it a little bit of luck and, <laughs> yeah, the women. <laughs> you, you need to right, make your own luck, Danny, and you sure did that. Look, it's it's been a, a big couple of years for yourself, obviously making that decision to head to the LOV. Like, what's the difference this week, Danny? How did you get over that mental hump to win this event, and did you really think that you'd you'd never win again? Yeah, I mean... There's quite a few times, even on the PJ Tour, I had a chance to win, but there's only always that one guy who just plays out of his mind, and when that happens, you know, it, you gave your best, and just, it is what it is, but, um, and then I, I was off the track for, about a year and a half with the injuries and all that stuff and um I starting this year I put more effort in my game. I spend more time on the out on the golf course instead of working out doing other stuff. So um I was more focused and I mean my ball striking was always been there, just uh around the greens and putting I was struggling with and then Sure enough, I found the, uh, my way of solution to pot, and um, it's great to see that um, I'm getting very positive results. 
Yeah, I see you were you, you're using the long um, shafts putter. You spoke about the challenges and difficulty you're finding with your putting. Is that something that you've gone to and, and you feel like that's working? And how does the long shaft actually work for you know, a golfer like myself that's quite intrigued of, of the long putter shaft? Um, for me, it was all about um, finding the la, uh, right lie angle and the lob for me and the length. And, and after that, it was all about me trying to get better at this distance control uh and um i i got to the point with the normal putter that instead of hitting trying to hit good putts i was thinking about too much of uh techniques um it's sometimes it's really hard to play golf like that in the in our level and I just wanted to get over that little hump, and for me, long putter really um, fixed that problem for me. Danny, do you feel do you feel like you make a really good um, point there? That hump that you get over, do you feel like this is the defining um, time of, of your career? And how excited are you now that you've won a live championship going into the next ones? Yes, I, me and my team were thought. We were gonna win at least this uh, this year once, because uh, they saw me how how much work I put in, how well I was hitting it, and they had a lot of faith in my game. And then I, we didn't know it was gonna happen this fast. But um, there's still 12 events left on the lift uh, lift tour, and um, I'll try to go for one more, I guess. So you obviously signed a, a short-term contract with the LOV. So this win does this secure you for the next couple of couple of years? Because we know how um, how good security is in in the game of sport. Yes, um, I mean, for even for players and live tour, we're still trying to figure that out, and. Um, um, yeah, I'm sure there's going to be something fair and then come up with a solution about who gets who and what gets done. And um, the live tour is still early and um, they're one of the best tours I ever played in and they're doing all the right things. And um, I mean, right now we're just growing with the tours, so... We're just taking it at uh, step by step right now. That that was my next question, uh, Danny. About you know what makes the Live Tour so special. You've just said you've enjoyed it. What is it for you? What what is one thing you can put your finger on that's different from other tours? Um, everything actually. Um, the way <laughs> it's a shotgun start, um, three round event only 48 players but you basically know every single one of them who's in the field because they're they're all very uh good players and like major champions and the, the pj tour winners and all of them are probably one of the best on their tours and just 
it's a totally different atmosphere. Um, even the individual individual games not going great. There's always a team event. This team thing is a little new for me. Only time I played team game was the President's Cup, and then those uh, team uh, team game at the Australia. The World, uh, I forgot the name of that. Uh, I play with Ryan Fox, and yeah, so the team team aspect is a little new, but it's very exciting and fun to watch, and it just just has a different vibe. It's really hard to explain uh, explain with words, yeah. but yeah. all the fans who've been out on the lift, uh, lift at least once, um, they just I haven't seen one crowd who were complaining about where we were having a hard time watch some player who were having a hard time like not enjoying ourselves it's not worth the money to go over there i haven't i haven't hear one single complaint uh complaints from the crowd so um it's a totally different vibe oh, i love it the vibe is what you're seeing from the outside look you know i haven't been lucky enough to to head to an LIV event right now. So just just add, add a bit more to that. So you're obviously hearing, heading over to Adelaide, to the Grange. So you're coming down under. If we're able to head to that event, like what are some of the things the crowds can expect from a, from a spectator's point of view? Um, for me, playing in Adelaide is very close to New Zealand, which is good, and... I'm sure a lot of the New Zealanders going to come over and watch uh, the play. And even the Australian uh, Australians are very supportive when I play out here. So uh, I'm sure it's going to be a lot of crowd. Um, even I think it was four or five months ago there. 20,000 tickets were sold out every day for three days already. And then they're trying to generate more tickets because it's being so popular over there. And I cannot wait to uh, go over there and play in front of the home crowds. Wow. So when was the last time? Oh, just sorry, keep, I was just gonna, when was the last time you were back in New Zealand, Danny? Are you going to just hop over the ditch and come back to your old stomping ground or, or not? Yeah. I mean, now I can. I mean, now I'm mm. not playing on the as extreme uh, schedule as uh, PJ Tour. Um, now I have some free time, and then I can definitely come over for a week or a couple weeks for uh, play play event or just go over there for just chill a little bit. But yeah. Um, before when I wanted to go over, I was always on the edge of me trying to make top 70 on the FedEx, top 30 on the FedEx. It's just, if you just skip two weeks on, on PG Tour, I just felt like I'm missing a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Are so, you going to... Uh, yeah. I was just going to say top 50 on the Forbes list too after putting away 4 million big pingers in your pocket, Danny. Hey, mate, do you, you realise how big 
uh, you are still in New Zealand. Do you still call New Zealand home? And do you love the support that you get from down under? Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, there's a Korean part of me, and I've um, always introduced me. Uh, I've on the first tee, they always introduced me as a, a New Zealand and from Rotorua. So, yes, <clears throat> that that fact never changes. Beautiful, beautiful. Hey, just before we let you go, Danny, have you been casting your eye over? Other Kiwis that have had some success in terms of golfing, like Ryan Fox, have you been are you in touch with Foxy and, and what he's been what he's been able to achieve? Or just worrying about your own backyard? Um, I'm actually very happy for how, uh, how Ryan uh, is well playing right now. Even mm. I don't I haven't seen the uh, PJ Tour today yet, but he won his first uh, match play games, which is big and. Yeah, I'm just really happy for him. I haven't had a chance to uh, get in face-to-face with him since I have a different schedule now. But down in the future, I'm sure I'll run into him. Um, I'll definitely uh, congratulate him how well he's doing and, yeah, all his success so far, and hopefully he'll keep playing well. Which can you just give uh, an aspiring golfer like myself who thinks he's not bad, but actually down under he terms the hack it. Just a bit of advice if I want to have a, a decent crack at golf, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, I know for average uh, amateur golfers, there. For me, uh, golf is all about who can repeat the same motion every time. So obviously, the easiest way for you to do that is spend a lot of time on the range or on a golf course, keep practicing that shot over and over again, and teach your body without you trying to think about what you're doing. So if you guys have time to go out there and practice a little bit or play nine holes at least uh, twice or three times a week, um, there will be a... A game changer, I think. Beautiful, mate. I love getting out on that driving range, but uh, I love that advice you said. Just don't think about it. I constantly think about my swing, and, and it works sometimes, and then it doesn't. When you play freely, like you're able to, <laughs> as of late, you get the success. Hey, Danny Lee, we we appreciate your time, mate, and uh, we are also proud of you down here and and fighting through that adversity and getting to where you are at the moment, back in the winner's circle. It's such a Huge achievement. So well done, and thank you so much for finding time for us. Thank you, guys. Thank you for the support. There you go, Danny Lee, showing his excitement, enthusiasm, and his personality through and through on SENZ. If you want to hear that interview again, head over to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, and you can get all our podcasts. It's been a big old couple of weeks. So if you missed anything, don't. Be worried because the SEN app has everything for you to unfold and rip into with your ears and have a wee listen. Anyway, coming up, we've got Off the Back Fence with Tony Kemp. You're listening to Izzy and Kempy for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Off the Back Fence with Tony Kemp.
looking at Joseph Swally's mega million dollar signing for the Australian Rugby Union got me thinking what lessons could we learn from this to ensure that the NZR don't venture down the same rabbit hole. Lesson number one would be to ensure that the community game and the professional game are run separately. Joseph Swally's signing has amplified the real distance between the grassroots game and of course high performance. It has highlighted the need for a business model that both protects and also allows community to benefit just as much as the international game. Imagine $1.6 million annually in club or grassroots initiatives. This would potentially produce many players of Joseph's uh, calibre and to me makes far more sense than signing one solitary player for three years. Lesson number two, create sustainable competitions and pathways that keep players invested in rugby. Let's have a look at the NRL. It is far superior as a product week in, week out because its strength is in its 26-week competition. Only the AFL can compete with the NRL. Maybe it's time, is it, to create the NRUL, the National Rugby Union League, to compete on par with the NRL and the AFL. This could use the same tried and true franchise model based in Australia and New Zealand and could a 20-week rugby union competition work? That's the question. Lesson number three for me, stop letting individuals employed by an organisation convince you that mega deals for individuals solves all problems. Brandon Smith, as cheeky as he is, hit the nail on the head when he said, a winger ain't going to win you a World Cup. It's a team sport that needs a vision that builds teams. The only winner out of this debacle is Joseph Suoli'i. If we learn one thing from a union that has absolutely no idea how to rebuild their identity, remember this quote. One man can be a crucial ingredient on a team, but one man cannot make a team. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Love it, Kempi. Joseph Suwali is, uh, yeah, in the spotlight at the moment. Huge deal being signed. And I love your thought process around it. You did right. One man ain't going to win you the competition. You look at the players that have gone on and done well in terms of transition to rugby union. I think Israel Falau would probably be... And Lottie Takiri, Wendell Saylor, had, had pretty successful transitions into the game. But, yeah, this is a huge moment and decision made by RA and look at yeah like we, we talked about we spoke about it yesterday about this situation the money like this is a team and, and an organization that has struggled it has struggled so where's this money coming from and you said maybe a philanthropist has come in and you know individual donations from successful pundits out there in, in the community that would allow this but yeah I can look. I don't begrudge Joseph Swaliti for doing it because, mate, that's that's setting up his future, setting up his life. And as an athlete, you want to get paid the most as possible in this situation. So I don't think this dampens his credentials, but just from an organisation point of view, I think it does. And yeah, it's interesting to see how it all plays out. And I just want to say, yeah, I've been calling him Joseph Suwali. And I, uh, I love being, our oh, pronunciation is huge for me. And, and you said I learned it was actually Joseph Suwali'i. So I apologise for that as well. Um, I want to get nailed that every single time. And, uh, yeah, made, made aware of that situation. But Kempi, absolutely love it, mate. If you've got any thoughts and your opinion on Kempi's off the back fence, send us a message, double eight double three on the temper bedpost text machine. Or give us a call, 0800 150 811 on the Kennards Hire phone line. We'd love to hear from you. That was Tony Kemp off the back fence. For two days in a row, he's come with a bang, bang. 
yesterday's was so good. Sean Johnson in the spotlight. And now Joseph Suali'i in Rugby Australia. Well, what have they done? Have they made the right decision or is it a bad decision on their behalf? Let us know. Coming up, we'll get some headlines with Louis Herman Watt. And then we've got Alden Smith, the Central District's head coach, as the Ford Trophy final is coming up. So here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Aroha. It's now time for some headlines with Louis. Brought to you by Kennard's Tire. Make your job easy. Kennards.co.nz. Louis. Stuart Hogg's retiring from international rugby and rugby um, after the World Cup this f- in France coming up later in this year. He's nearly 31. He's just played his 100th cap for Scotland and he's been a hell of a player. He really was their pin-up. Boy, for a long time, been on multiple lines towards a hell of a fullback, a hell of a rugby player, Stuart Hogg. So he's announced that he's moving on from the sport. And Alia Dunn for the tactics. Wowee. 43 of 43 as the tactics poured on the pain on the Wybot Magic. 41, they only managed to all the tactics. They were streets ahead, scoring 58 goals. And yeah, Alia Dunn, 43 of 43. That was huge. We talked Courtney Tyree. Up after eight o'clock, and yeah, Kempi's talking about Suala. Um, now, this is interesting, boys, because the mark the market has been completely reset here by this 1.5, 1.6 million dollars. It's important to note that none of these contract deals are none of the uh, bits of information about the contract are actually public. This is all just what media has garnered via player agents and Super Rugby. But what's the interesting trickle-on effect is how it resets the market for Rugby Australian to keep their next young stars, because the next time Max Jurgensen or Tom Liner, the young superstars of Australian rugby, come up for deals, what does it do? And the other one that's worth pointing out is Taniela Tupo uh, actually has just signed a deal. How's this? A prop, $1.2 million Australian a year with the Rebels. So a prop is earning $1.2 million. That's the market currently in Rugby Australia, so it's important to get that context. I don't know what our top paid prop would be. Is he probably guessing it would be half that? Yeah, late, late, like late hundred thousands, I'd say, for one of our most established props. It's a very important position because with no set piece, you got nothing. Um, so I, I've, estimates guess, I think Owen Franks, Tony Woodcock would have been the ones that would have been leading the way in terms of the most paid props in the country. But you did right, it sets a, a pinnacle now. And, and when does that that tip find the top of the echelon like that? That is continuing to grow. And yeah, like a sustainability, sustainability is the key here. And, and it happened with um, MPC. You know, when MPC wasn't regulated, and players were able to play for the unions, and some players I heard were getting 150,000, 60,000 playing NPC. Well, NZR had to had to bail them out. That's right, Izzy. So I had to bail them out. The other play, the other player that you're talking about is uh, a four, John Afour, who's played 500 plus games up o, and uh, taken that money deal up um, up the northern hemisphere. I'm, 
I can guarantee you that front row is probably the highest paid player in rugby union, given that they need them up the, up in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, the other one on that that I just wanted to quickly talk about was that NRUL concept and whether or not a 26-week, 24, 26-week competition could mirror both the NRL and the AFL. I, I was thinking about it yesterday is like, you look at the NRL, and we've got lots of people coming and saying, hell no, I don't want to watch 24 weeks of rugby union. Um, if you think about it, why couldn't they mirror both the NRL and the AFL, who are in a dead set humdinger of a battle with media rights, to try and emulate it and increase the revenue that's coming into rugby union down this part of the world? The model works. AFL and NRL uh, show you that it works. And of course, franchise rugby... Um, whether or not they can get 16, 17 teams down this side of the, the planet is a, is probably the question, like the NRL. But it's probably it's, worth a thought. Do you think it would work? Oh, I think it would struggle, Kempion. I just think it's such a diluted product at the moment, and it's so under strength. Like we don't have the competitive teams that you've seen in the NRL and the AFL. Like every week, there's derbies. Every team's competitive. Any any team can win on their day. Like look at the NRL at the moment. The top eight are teams that have been struggling over the past couple of years. In Super Rugby, it's the same old teams that are competing for the for the title. And that's, you know, that doesn't entice entertainment. That doesn't entice viewers to come and watch because, you know, one week you have it a derby, which is 25 to 21 to the winning team, and then the next week it's 60 to 10. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, there's no competitive nature. So, so for, for me, I just, yeah, I can't see it working I'd love to see it happen, but I just don't think um, there'll be the products there and, and the strength of numbers is there. Rugby Australia are trying their best to strengthen up their side of the ledger, but at the moment it's just one-sided. And, yeah, I, I think you're along the same lines, Louis. Like, it's just not competitive enough in terms of rugby. Yeah, and the, the historic tribalism's not there. I, don't, I think the reason the AFL works is because they can get people into bums on seats, but the, the fact is barring me and my mates, not that, and the listeners of SCNZ, for whatever reason, Super Rugby franchises haven't really connected that deep with the, I, I don't think there's that kind of, you know, like Warriors fans or Blues fans? Who cares about their team more? Well, it showed, on, it showed, on, <laughs> it showed on Sunday <laughs> afternoon, mate. Both games are on. One had 20,000 tribal That's right. fans there. You know what I mean? That's it's, right. Oh, yeah. look, I just think in a ways that we can... I think it's a real. Issue. I love it, Kempi. I think it's a real issue for rugby. What's happening, um, and it's and it's put the spotlight back on it. So yeah, they'll be thinking hard and fast about how they're going to save it. It's just so separate at the moment. You've got the north and the south, two different entities, and um, yeah, like they just can't get any any buy-in from either either parts. It's just you know, it's just so many administration issues and, and things going on. We've been always talking about this for years. Super Rugby, the product that once was, isn't there anymore. And we're trying to encourage, we're trying to be innovating with, with our solutions, but nothing's quite working at the moment. It is, I still love it, but you did right. Everyone would, you look at the Warriors supporters, 19,000, you look at the Derby, Crusaders, Blues in Auckland, you know, you get a handful, six, 7,000 there, and that's our two best teams in the country. You're still not enticing people to go sit in the stands. So it's a great uh, off-the-back fence, Kempi, and there's plenty of messages coming through. We'll get to those shortly. Promise you that because it's such a, a poignant point that you make. NRL is absolutely flying, and is Rugby Australia's decision to sign a $1.6 million deal for one of the superstars in the to get them back. 
Is it the right way of going about it? Probably not. But anyway, the rest is history. Alden Smith, Central District's head coach. He's coming up. So back shortly. Yes, welcome back. We're 14 away from 8, and now we're going to talk some cricket. Maybe not happening down here in Christchurch. She's a bit cold and blistery down here, but that's all right. We'll uh, hopefully get a, a, a bit of a result later on in the Ford Trophy. As wintry weather threatens today's ODI in Christchurch, there's another great one day option for cricket fans today. Yep. It's better late than never as our 50-over domestic competition. The Ford Trophy will be decided today when Central Sags host Canterbury and Napier. The final was due to be hosted in Queenstown in February just as Cyclone Gabriel unleashed on the Hawke's Bay region, becoming the obvious priority for the Stags organisation. The grand final match starting this morning is free admission to treat the Hawke's Bay public and cricket community after a challenging month and the first. And as the first national cricket final will be played in Hawke's Bay in 22 years, Alden Smith is head coach of the Stags and he's with us now. Morning, Alden. How you doing, mate? Good morning. Very good. Very good. Thank you. Huh? Thanks for having me. No, appreciate your time, mate. Look, it's been a difficult time in Hawke's Bay at the moment, but this is an opportunity to put some smiles on some faces. How fizzed up are the lads to get a crack to win some silverware today, mate? Oh, it's been, it's been a fantastic build-up, a strange build-up. Uh, mm. At our awards evening uh, on Saturday night, normally that's, you know, after everything's been played, and then to almost have a week where we're playing two finals is quite surreal after that. But the, the the lads are ready to go. It was a very nice, um, relaxed environment yesterday training, but a very focused one. So that went off well. Hey, Alden, it's been a tough time down there uh, for the region with the cyclone. And that have you been able to help the uh, community out in any way? Oh, it's been it's the the boys have been surreal. Um, I know when when there was um, outreach programs put in place um, we actually had that as part of our schedule as part of our daily training schedule where afternoons would be scheduled where the lads could go out help the community uh, do some outreach work and and they were fantastic in how they responded uh, I know it's something that they quite close to their hearts um, and we sort of approach it with a, a method of you know, we're quite privileged to be doing what we're still doing. There are people out there that that have suffered quite a lot. And the way we go about our business and how we do it is, is our way of, of respecting that privilege. So they've been quite quite surreal with that. Yeah, what a better way to put some smiles on some faces. I was um, down here in, in Christchurch when the earthquake happened and Crusaders, you know, had to go about their business and, and just really united uh, a city. Do you get that's a sense of the same feeling for you in the Central Districts, lads? Oh, yes, 100%. Um, you know, the, the sense of community, uh, the sense of how people just pull together, um, helping each other has been quite quite surreal and it's fantastic to see that human element and, and how people just with strangers just pulling together and, and helping each other out. It's been fantastic to see. Hey Alden, you've you've had a quite a good record at home too, you know. Um what's it what's working well for see for you guys at the moment in the central districts and are you confident going into this game? Oh yes, the boys are the boys are partly confident. I think we've played a we've played a very positive brand of cricket. Um, you know, whereby we we always look to have high intent when we're playing um, in everything that we do. And I think, you know, it's been a, a massive uh, culture aspect as well of it, you know, whereby 
the guys enjoy each other's company. They're genuine friends off the field. And I think that goes a big way, long way into developing that strong culture, but also allowing guys to enjoy what they're doing on the field. Mate, let's talk about depth coming through in the Central Districts region. That's my hometown. I always love seeing what CD's able to do. When you've got players coming in and out, you know, you've got Dougie Bracewell at the, uh, in, your, in your ranks at the moment. He's going in and out. You've got Will Young. You've got plenty of players that come in and out. Is it a tough act trying to balance that transition out? And how's the depth in the, in the CD area at the moment? Oh, the depth is incredible. Uh, the resilience shows, like you said, we've, we've had a lot of guys coming and going, and we always want to see guys go um, and go and represent the, their country, you know, and play high honours. So it's fantastic to see that, to see them go and do that. But it also gives opportunity for those young guys uh, coming through the ranks, you know, that, that have been itching at the bit to get on the park. So the depth is, is, is quite good. And... You know, it's some quality players that hopefully the the country get to see in a, in, a, in a while coming through the ranks. And threats today, you've got uh, Tom Latham, obviously, Sodi as well uh, in the Canterbury side. Anywhere uh, in particular that you'll be concentrating on? Oh, I think you know we've we've done well just to focus on on what we're doing to you know to take care of those small things, um, and we're not going to change anything. I know it's a one or final. But I think if we just stay consistent with how we approach things, uh, we've been very consistent with our prep. We've been very consistent with our scouting plans, um, our chats. So um, I think we just be aware of what they bring, but really focus on what we do and how we go about our business is the message of today, really. All right, mate. Talk us through the plan. Bowl, bat. What's the plan this morning once the, uh, once the coin toss has taken place? I'm not sure. You know, yesterday we had a look at the pitch, um, and you know, it's always a, a thing of looking, looking to get to runs on the board in a final. But I think you know, you've got to take into consideration the elements, uh, what the pitch looks like in the morning, and then also just look at the your, uh, the strength of your side, um, what you're looking to do, how you comfortable you are looking to do, to do either batting or bowling. So we'll just have to have a look when it's closer to toss time because the pitch has changed already from two days out compared to yesterday. So we'll just have to have a look. Well, 22 years between drinks, mate. Now's the time to, to lift that trophy back home in the mighty Hawks Bay. Congratulations on making the final go well this afternoon when you take on Canterbury. We appreciate your time. Alden Smith, head coach of the Central Stags. Thanks so much, mate. Thank you very much, guys. Enjoy your day. There he is, talking uh, Ford Trophy final taking place today there in Napier, and what a way to put some smiles on some faces. We're going to shoot off, and we'll come back and rip through a couple of these messages. Yes, welcome back. We're going to rip through a couple of these messages on the Temper Bedpost text machine, double eight, double three. We'll get some reaction to those after 8 o'clock. If you scrap Super Rugby and put it all in the same NPC, add the Pacific Island teams and the Australian teams, and you could do it. 16-team comp. Bang. From Regan. Bang. There you go. Trying to get MPC to back to where it, when it once was. The kind of money is huge for a Lucy or a 10, but crazy for a winger. Surely they're uh, at least going to play him at fullback to justify their decision. They probably need to win the World Cup, and he needs to be the World Player of the Year for 2027. Cheers, Craig. Well, that thinks that, that's their intentions, Craig. I think they're trying to find something for 2027 when the World Cup is back in Australia, and this is... Well, a step in the right direction, we hope. 
Uh, another one, but hang on, boys. There were 19,000 at the Warriors on Sunday, while the week before at the Blues Crusaders game, there were 24,000. It depends on the matchups in both codes. 24,000 at Eden Park. I ate my hat. I thought it was less than that, but hey, that makes sense. There you go. And one from Mark. I agree with the cheese. 1.6 million winger ain't going to do anything to that team from Mark. Ooh. Ain't going to do anything. Ain't going to beat the All Blacks with a winger. And just one more before we shoot off. NRL and AFL don't have a true international game. AFL non-existent. No way it would work for Union, nor would we want it to from an unknown Texer. And 20 weeks of rugby? No thanks. I'll watch any NRL game. I watch one super game, and that's only because I had a bet on it. From Chris. <laughs> He's a passionate NRL fan. Absolutely love it. Keep those messages coming through. Coming up, we've got Courtney Tyree. We're going to be talking Warriors. We're going to talk in netball. The ANZ Premiership tactics getting one over the Magic last night. How good? Mr. Daggy, D-A-G-G-E-R, coming through the airways, y'all. <laughs> Keep it working. Oh. Keep it rocking, oh, was son. that on? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> my leaps! He turned the mics on. I thought you were just going for it, and that was the intro to the show. But it sounded so good, bro. You're, you're an MC now, I reckon. You'll be busy over in the oh. south of France, mate. You'll be at all the clubs. You know, they'll have you on the mic, brother. Have us on the mic, and you throw me under the mic, but that's all right, mate. Absolutely love it. It's it's good fun here on SCNZ. I hope you're enjoying the show. Say a big good morning, Tills. Say morning. Morning. Yeah, uh. say morning, everyone. Hope you're having a good day. Uh, we've got a big hour here. We're going to be talking to Courtney Tidy shortly. We'll get her up in a minute's time. We'll read a few couple of these messages here, Kimpy, for you, because we'll talk to her about league as well, not just ANZ Premiership. Kimpy, mate, do you reckon with all the wrestling in league, in league it has promoted poor tackle technique, hence more concussions like Ponga, who was just straight, standing straight up. I was taught cheek to cheek, first man low, second high, but now to avoid offload, it's sec, uh, second high, last man chops the leg. So first... Men are generally standing straight up, head in the way from Jimmy. Look, I, look, I seriously think that they need to take a trip back into the past um, and and really concentrate on tackle, uh, tackle technique. You know, they're, mm. they're trying to find solutions for concussion, and that text there from Jimmy is, I think, probably the the answer. I look, you need to go right back down to your grassroots to your kids when you start playing the game at six and start to actually tackle because they play ripper, as you know, Gonzalo's playing ripper. Um, Izzy, and they need to get on their knees and teach kids exactly how to put a tackle technique together. Um, we're just getting we're just getting poor tackle tech, and we're not we're not evolving the tackle tech. You know, it's not so much the tackle tech that's creating the problem; it's the offensive abilities of individuals now that can move so close to you one on one. So they get right next to you. You look at Adam Fanua Blake. Here's a prime example. You look at Adam Fanua Blake the next time he carries a football into a line, he does not run directly at a player. You know, and you're going to get, if you saw that tackle on the weekend of uh, of a baller at Parramatta, when he's he's come back on the inside, he's, prob- he's probably going to get a couple of weeks tonight. Um, but, mate, players are moving all the time, and that collision space, it needs to drop back down to our coaches, and we need to start working on how we, how we actually tackle tech. 
um, those players. But we've got uh, Courtney Tyree on the line. Now, round four of the ANZ Premiership promised a lot, and it delivered. The tactics backed up the impressive win against the Pulse with another strong showing against the Magic last night. Meanwhile, the Mystics bounced back from last week's loss to overcome their crosstown rivals and reaffirm themselves as the team to beat. And to reflect... On a big week in a netball and, of course, rugby league, because she commentates that, is former Silver Fern and current Sky sports reporter Courtney Tidy. Morena, Courtney, how are you this morning? Morena, I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Now, I didn't get to actually say hello. I saw you uh, on my way out, actually. Um, but uh, you're there on Sunday, and obviously one of your biggest passions is the netball. What have you made of the competition uh, so far, um, Courtney, this year? Look, it's been interesting. In the first couple of rounds, we saw some real blowouts, which we were all pretty disappointed in. So I think by round four, as it just finished last night, um, we had a lot more tighter games. I mean, a couple of the games were uh, decided by five or less. The tactics beat the Pulse by only one point. So apart from last night, uh, with the tactics big win over the Magic, I think most of the teams are sort of starting to hit their stride now. We've got a much more competitive uh, season, which is what we definitely want, especially in a World Cup year for the Silver Ferns as they prepare to head over to South Africa. Well, let's touch on last night's performance. Domination from the tactics over the Magic. There's been a lot of talk about the defensive duo of Jane Watson and Karen Berger. Great to see Karen back playing after a long layoff with injury. What did you make of their performance for the tactics last night? Oh, look, they're out standing and cut and she's come back from injury Jane Watson she's come back from having a baby so um, we saw them with mm. the silver ferns in January and they're just we're finding their feet but now they're absolutely hitting their stride I think Storm Purvis even said it last night probably the best defensive duo uh, in the competition at the moment which looks great for uh, silver ferns in the future so I'm really liking what they're doing. And I mean, Jane Watson, she has just been absolutely outstanding. She was player of the match on Sunday against the Poles, but it's just their ability to get ball and their connection together. So I think for the black dress in uh, in July, everything is looking great. And Izzy, you'd be very happy, I think, with that tactics win. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course they are. Anything with a patch on, that's, uh, oh, they're out. always going to be happy. <laughs> Courtney, those, uh, those boys down south, hey, they, they're... You know, the defence of Berger and, and Watson just causing havoc out there. Leia done with her performance and uh, not missing a shot. What do you make of that? Oh, she's been outstanding. And we've seen her with the Pulse over the last few years. She's won premierships with them. So it's quite a big move when she went to the tactics. And I think it took her the first few rounds to find her feet and that connection on attack. But, I mean, last night she was outstanding. She can, She's always been a very accurate shooter. So for her to get 100% is outstanding. But for me, it was her work rate, her work along the baseline, her ability to get the ball and then allow Tapia Selby Rickett more of that feeding role. So I think uh, I said at the start of the year, this is a tactics year, just like it's the Warriors year, you know. So I think if the tactics can <laughs> do it this year... year <laughs> and it is, and they're starting, to, I think, to show what they are capable of, the tactics. And after their two wins this weekend, they've bumped up to the top of the ladder. Well, my sisters will be loving this chat, and you met them a few years ago there, Courtney. They're very, very passionate, so thanks so much for coming on. But should we read too much into the Magic's performance from last night, or do you think they can uh, pull it together? Are they a little bit fatigued? I think they're definitely fatigued. And they actually, so they played on Saturday in Invercargill. 
and something mm. happened with their flights. I'm not sure who it was, but they ended up flying from Invercargill to Auckland back down to Christchurch. So they oh, had hell. a real hiccup with their travel. <laughs> yeah, when they only had a day turnaround. So they were very fatigued. And they're another team who I think can be very good. And we've seen it in round three, that they can put on really good performances. I think for them, playing two matches this weekend was just too much because we saw on Saturday what they can do. And their shooting end looks really great with Ekinacio and Mez at the moment. So for them, I think if they can just play, unfortunately with the draw, sometimes you have to double up. But if they can just play one game a weekend, I think they can nail that one. And they've got the Mystics coming up in a couple of weeks, which I think they could do them over. Yeah, look, talking about the Mystics, is it's a pretty close competition at the moment. Where do, they, where do you think they, the weaknesses lie with the Mystics? Honestly, I think they're very strong across the board. We saw their captain, Salou Fitzpatrick, go off on the weekend just with a slight injury. And their defensive end, like, they are outstanding. They're so strong. They've got a lot of depth. Go down the other end. You've got Tuiava feeding the border in Weke. Outstanding. Great thing for the black dress, hopefully, in the future there. For me, it's just sorting that out. And then they're having to make some, I think, unnecessary changes and so when they make these changes, it takes a while and they end up losing a few goals just trying to resettle the team. So for me, if they can keep their starting seven on the court, then they can beat any team. And as long as, you know, that connection is down in attack and they don't put too much pressure on Grace, Monica Faulkner, she shot almost at 100% all match at goal attack. If they can keep that pressure off Grace and have two shooting options, then they can go all the way. And what about Maya Wilson? She limped off the court on the fourth quarter on Sunday. Have you had any news on the, how the Stars captain's doing? Yeah, it's just a slight Achilles niggle. So they said it's nothing too serious at the moment and they just wanted to make sure that she was okay. But Maya, you know, she's pretty tough. She would have hated to come off. So when they say it's a slight niggle, I think it might be a little bit more because there is no way that she would have wanted to come off the court, especially in a match <laughs> like that. But all they're telling us, it's nothing too serious. Hey, Courtney, just going to tack left here on, on a little subject I want to get your uh, thoughts on. Sean Johnson's daughter signing autographs on the weekend. How cute was that? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Miller, I bought a superstar. I was right there while she was doing it. They handed her a vivid, and she just walked straight up to them <laughs> alongside Sean and just started signing everything. I said to Kayla, who was standing with me, I said, Look at your little girl. She goes, oh, my God, is she actually signing people's merchandise? I said, good on her. Well, you're a bit like myself, I get the sense, and we love to get ahead of ourselves with the Warriors, but are we genuine? Are we genuinely excited about what the, the prospects are for this Warriors team? Andrew Webster, Sean Johnson doing what Sean was able to do of old, just winding the back the clock. You were there. You were pitch side. How was it? Oh, my gosh, it was outstanding, like, Sunday afternoon footy, you can't beat it, especially at Mount Smart. The crowd was going off. Even the Bulldogs players where we were sitting, they were turning around and giving it back to the crowd because the crowd was so vocal. <laughs> but you're right, the way that the Warriors are playing, and they all keep talking about Andrew Webster and the culture that he's brought and how he has that winning weight after being with the Panthers. And you can just sense there's a different feel to the team this year. They've got a great culture. Sean on the weekend, he was talking about the buy-in of everyone, which they haven't quite mm. had over the past few years. And like you said, I mean, Sean winding the clock back. I was like, Sean, <laughs> please keep running that ball. Keep running those lines because how brilliant was that try that he scored under the sticks. 
Adam Blair and I were going off on the sideline. Yeah, it was so funny listening to Blairy out there commentating. He was losing the plot, particularly with that try with Sean Johnson because Adam Fanua Blake ran that front line. But hey, that was just a misread. And love seeing Phil Gould's comments regarding that. That was just uh, the wrong decision made by the tackler. Uh, just trying to unlock Sean Johnson a wee bit more. Like, what do you pinpoint his success to this year? We've had our fair conversations about it, but what you, you're front and centre there, Courtney. What do you pinpoint his success to? I think for him, it's almost like he's had this resurgence and he said like he's back home in Auckland, he's around his family again, him and Kayla have another bub on the way. But I also think like he's a little bit older now and he said he he knows he hasn't got that much left in him. So I think coming into this year, he was wondering, is this my last year and I've just got to give it my everything? And I know within his friends group, now they're all saying, nah, bro, it's not your last year, the way you're the way you're playing, the way you're running, you could keep going. So I think for him, he's almost at that point in his career like where he's, he realises that there's not that much time left and so he wants to go out on a high. But, I mean, the way he's playing, I agree with all his friends, he should keep going because, I mean, he should, maybe every year he should tell himself, is this my last year? Because the way he's going, I'll tell you what, he's got a few more years left in him. He does. He sure does. It's so good to see SJ running around and rewind it, winding back the clock. But I just want to ask your thoughts on Joseph Soali'i and that decision to to leave in 2025 for absolutely like big money, 1.6 million. We haven't confirmed the exact details, but that's what they're saying. Your thoughts? Well, I do agree with Brandon Smith, the hectic cheese that... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> By the Wallabies buying him, it's, it's not going to guarantee they're going to beat the All Blacks under any circumstances. I mean, it is really sad, and he's so young because everyone's talking about how much of a gun he is for the Roosters. He's so young. He's got so much talent, and as a rugby league diehard, I'm sad to see that he'll be leaving the game. Obviously, he could always come back, but for me, I would have loved to see what he could do at the Roosters um, because mm. I just think he would have won premierships of them, and so to see... I'm sorry, Izzy, but to lose him to rugby, I'm very, very disappointed. <laughs> we we all are. Don't worry. He'll come back. He'll just go and take He's the money. He's seen the light, Courtney. He's seen the light. He'll just take <laughs> the money. He'll take the money, Courtney, and then he'll be back to rugby league. Hey, thanks a lot for joining Please, us. But surely the Roosters would have thrown some more money at him. Next time. Next time. He go, he, they ain't got it. He's only 13, they don't remember. Have enough. <laughs> Stop the brown it. Paper back. Stop it, you two. We've got to move on. Hey, Courtney, thanks a lot for joining us <laughs> this morning on SENZ. Um, love listening to, to your call and, and of course, the ANZ Premiership. Um, thanks for all the information there, filling our our uh, our listeners with that knowledge, especially as his sisters, because they'll be on the text message machine to him <laughs> saying, well done, sure getting that. some netball on the show. Uh, go well, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Say hi to your sisters, Izzy, for me. <laughs> oh, thank you. Awesome. Courtney Tiley, she's jamming. Like, I went back to Hawks Bay two years ago, and Courtney was emceeing this gig. And, yeah, my sisters were, um, well, fangirling. They absolutely loved it. And then Courtney came along and hung out for us a bit, so they absolutely loved it. But, yeah, my sister's always ripping me out. When are you talking netball? When are you talking netball? So there you go. That's our netball fix for the week, and we loved it. Absolutely love them tactics. They are back, and it's so good to see Aliyah done forty three from forty three, and last night's performance absolute clinic. We've got some good goal shooters in this country. You think of Ikenasio, Bailey Mees, 
Inoueki, Maya Wilson. Man, I'd hate to be picking that squad later on in the year. But thank you, Courtney Tidy. We're going to shoot off. We'll come back with Paulie Moati on the other side. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Three minutes past eight o'clock. It's time for our team. AB catch up with Paulie Mawadi. Been live on your favourite sports download, the TAB app today. Paulie Mawadi, we've got the Central Stags playing the Canterbury side today in the final. What are the odds, mate? Have you got some something juicy for us to have a look at? Yeah, we've got it, uh, boys. We've got it all wrapped up for you, uh, Kempi. Uh, Central Stags are at dollar sixty. Canterbury two dollars and twenty cents. We've taken uh, just over five times as much money on the Central Stags than we have on Canterbury. So a lot of support for the Stags uh, to win the final there. Also got some other markets for that match, top run scorer markets. For the Central Stags, the best-backed... Where are we? Who's the best-backed? Oh, there we are. It's Tom Bruce. Tom Bruce, who is $5 to be the Central Stags' top run scorer. And in terms of Canterbury, uh, the best back there... Uh, Reese Mariu at $4. So they're the two best uh, back run scorers for uh, each respective team. But in terms of who's going to win this uh, final, Central Stags are very well supported by punters. Hometown favourites, that's right. Hey, and we've got the big Group 1 racing this weekend, four Group 1s running around, none bigger than the Doncaster Mile. Have we got uh, anything to look at that you think might come back? I know I wish I wins in one of those races, so are you on it? Well, uh, yeah, most of that action will take place tomorrow when the uh, final fields come out uh, um, and we just see who, uh, where people line up, the barrier draws uh, and things like that. I'm just having a look down here. Of course, it's also Manawatu Size Produce uh, Day up there at Awapuni. Um, and the favourite, no surprises, Tiako Trobrian at $1.90. Uh, Tulsi, uh, one of the CD. Uh, locals at $4.50 is on the second line of betting uh, and then low flying at 6 and Ethereal Star at $9. So favourite uh, at the moment in that uh, futures market for the two size produce is Trobriand at $1.90. You can't go past Trobriand. I think uh, that's a good bet. Anything else you got for us, Paulie? Well, don't forget the uh, Black Caps uh, will be playing their second one-day international uh, against the Sri Lankans. No chance, it's raining. (laughs) Oh, no. It's snowing. It's snowing. (laughs) She's snowing down here. She's about to pull down. So good luck. Oh, unlikely to get a a start then. For a washout? Got odds for a washout? No, nothing for a wash yet, is he? <laughs> but at the moment, we've got the Black Caps at dollar thirty-seven, Sri Lanka at two eighty-five. Ten times as much support for the uh, Black Caps, and that's not surprising after the way that they uh, took apart the Sri Lankans in the first One Day International up at Eden Park. Um, yeah, so if they do get to play, is he? The Black Caps are very well supported at $1.37. Go and tell your cricket team to go and take an early lunch, will you, Paulie, and come back tomorrow because we're going to line you up tomorrow when the odds come out for all the big races this weekend. Thanks a lot for joining us. Let's watch and bet live on your favourite sports <laughs> racing at tab.co.nz. Please remember, gamble responsibly, R18. What do you reckon if you're listening out there, Double eight, double three. Tom Bruce, CD batsman at $5. Do you like that? Give us a call, 0800 150 811. That's our catch-up with Paulie Mawadi from the TAB. Thank you very much.
Beautiful. There you go, Kempe. Yeah, she's not great weather down here. I know Louis won't be seeing anything because he's locked in a dungeon, but she's pretty hot. <laughs> uh, pretty cold out here. <laughs> she's pretty cold, and uh, the rain's yeah, starting to set in, clouds and everything. Perfect day to go and chase a salmon, but I've just been told it's daddy-daughter date day, Dad. So there you go. My day's filled. Salmon at that cafe. What's it called? <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, I'm coming. That's the best cafe in Christchurch, mate. I bet they do a decent salmon there. You would have tried it. Oh, I love my salmon. Absolutely love my salmon. But I do not appreciate this message coming through. I've really dealt with dealing with poaching, and now we're getting favouritism. So here you go. Absolute joke. Hal Barrett allowed to play for the Crusaders. Yet all other teams had rest. The All Blacks, Highlanders had 21 <laughs> on injured list last week and had had three locks out. Yet no favours from New Zealand rugby. Disgraceful how Crusaders always get special treatment. Oh, totally Do agree. they get special treatment? Totally Kimby? agree. Louis, Louis, I know you'll have my back. No chance. <laughs> No, no, it's a case. No, there's conspiracy theorists, but um, yeah, they're always just running smear campaigns. I thought because we donated two losses to the column this year that we would get the conspiracy theorists off our back saying that the competition wasn't rigged against us. Apparently not. It's all about safety, Kempi. It's all about player safety. They're in a position that is very vulnerable and there could be injuries. And if you don't have experience in that position, it yeah. could be devastating. Yeah. So that's what this is about. This now is you, about player now, safety. Now you're making stuff up. I totally agree. With no, that I'm not. I'm not <laughs> making anything up. I'm, I'm being 100% serious. This is about player safety. And, um, yeah, if you don't agree, then send us a message, double eight, double three. Do you get a sense that the Crusaders get favouritism from NZR? I don't. I don't know why I don't, but I don't. Um, and I know Louis on the same page. But the rest of you, well, I know what you're thinking. And Kempe, stop licking your lips. Just say it. <laughs> My second team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't lose. <laughs> oh, love it. Absolutely love it. There is some passion out there amongst you, and there's a couple more messages. Sam Whitelock, no chance without him at the Rugby World Cup, just brains on the man and experience from John. I totally agree. Sam Whitelock's influence on the side. He is still going so strong. I was good enough to spend about 20-odd minutes with him yesterday. He's still in a good mindset, still in a good frame. And uh, he's just got a bit of a hand niggle at the moment. Hopefully not too serious for our good man, Sam Whitelock. He'll be back in no time. So keep those messages coming through. We're going to shoot off and coming up. We've got some headlines with Louis. We're going to be talking pro-esque. And I've watched a few group ones in my time. That one, that might be one of the best I've ever witnessed. It was so, so good. The way that Proe's brained them got into a nice position. But Mark Sahara, he's been banned for 36 meetings. I was reading. Wow, that's big news. Big news. We'll get all reaction to that coming up. But before then, here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Aroha. It's now time for some headlines from Louis. Brought to you by Gal Fueling, my car all year round. How good, Louis? 
Yeah, love, love Gal, mate. Gal does a, a very, very good job, doesn't it? Hey, um, yesterday I watched a lot of the match play, actually, um, uh, on the PGA Tour, the WGC Dell Technologies, and it, it is a lost art, I reckon, the match play. I absolutely love it and would love to see more of it at the top level, but they're thinking about going the other way with the way that these tours are changing. Um, and it was Sam Burns who won again. He's won winning at a quite a scary rate now Sam Burns on the PGA Tour he was playing really well and he completely stifled Cameron Young who can't win, he keeps coming second so I loved the match play uh, Rory McIlroy got the better of Scotty Scheffler in the playoff for third and Rory, I know people are very bullish on Rory heading into the Masters, he was hitting the ball so far this weekend, constantly <laughs> carrying it 360 yards so work that one out I just... I can't get my head around it. And um, you guys have chatted ball, about it. <laughs> it's the ball. Base. They reckon it's the best shot ever. Like the best golf shot ever. Have you seen that? Yeah. Yeah. Change yeah. the ball. Oh, Ball's illegal. He's nailed it. Yeah. It's one of the best drives ever for sure. He, he put it within three feet over 360 yards or whatever it was. And so, I would have missed that putt. <laughs> <laughs> and Joseph Suwali, um, this is interesting. It's probably not overly surprising, but Phil Gould has jumped on television last night and given him a whack. Every time he scores a try, every time he does something in our game, people are going to refer to the fact he's going to rugby. Why do we need that? Go now. Don't let the door hit you on the ass on the way out. Go. Go go now. <laughs> go on. He's made his decision. You sign a contract for rugby 18 months before his league contract ends. You can't sign with any other rugby league club in that time. You can only sign somewhere else. He's made his decision. I have nothing against the kid. I've loved having him in the NRL. He's a tremendous athlete and is great for the game, but he's decided to be a rugby player. Bye-bye. Off you go. Phil Gold. <laughs> <laughs> so good. He's always just oh, straight to the point, isn't he? Feel good. Gold. Feel good doesn't shy away from the conversation. But in regards to the Roosters, how do they approach this, Kempi? Like the Roosters have got a decision. Eighteen months out. He's you can't afford to lose him with the <laughs> impact you, he has on the game. But could you imagine? But what like, do you do? Could you imagine? Seriously, do you bench with him? the Roosters' salary cap? So there's already already a massive discussion about how you can justify their salary cap currently. And they said that, and they say on the back of this, no, we signed him. Like, then you would have massive, you'd have massive uproar. I just think, personally, that they, the Roosters went, no way in the world, go, mate. No no one in the competition is going to pay that. So we'll see you when you want to come back, and you're only going to be 24. I actually read, I think you guys will find this really interesting. I don't know how, I, I haven't confirmed this myself, but I read this in one of the papers, that, Joseph, he, he when he left school, the family, when he was leaving and being courted by the Rabbitohs and the Australian Rugby League, uh, sorry, Australian Rugby, when that was going on, they said that they wanted a $200,000 a year deal to go to rugby and they didn't want to give it to him straight out of school. Instead, they've had to pay one point six for him. Two years later, so from a yeah. like an asset management point of view, what an incredible turn of events for um, the people involved with, like the kid making him, you know, the decision making involved here. Go to NRL, completely boost your stats and contract years, and come back and sign eight times of what you wanted initially. Mm. But Australian rugby, they didn't. I don't know how 
I don't know how confirmed that is and how sourced that is, but that was apparently the demand when he was initially in. And who knows? Maybe he then would have taken that two hundred thousand dollar contract to the roof, uh, the Rabbitohs and signed a two hundred fifty thousand dollar one anyway. But that was apparently the initial ask to play rugby. So whatever way you look at it, Australian rugby is paid is paid sickening overs here. They have paid they have paid a tax on Suwali that is pretty much unprecedented. It's not the they're not the no only surprises. they're not the only one, Louis. It's it's really good. Uh I think what do you what would you call that like um signing for a young bloke when you can get him? Roger Tuivasa Sheik's a prime example, like signing out of the two thousand and ten schoolboy tournament for hundred thousand dollars to Sydney Roosters. That was cheap. That was cheap when he had to come back to the Warriors um for mega dollars to sign him back out of that that uh that Sydney Roosters side. So, mate, it happens all the time that um, that type of recruitment. The one, this, the, the problem with this Joseph Suwali one is that uh, Suwali one is that he has just changed the the um, the shape of contracts in both NRL and in rugby. Like managers now, they will be going and knocking on. I can guarantee you, the Australian Rugby Union have like 10, 10 other players that they're looking at, at right now. That's right. That's it. They've, they've set the market at a – and you know, unless he's a white elephant, you know, like unless this is – he is the unicorn. The other thing is – I saw this, Izzy. You can talk to this. They were saying they – for the what, what they expect, they expect his career to have a progression like Israel Flowers. Do they know that Israel Flowers is one of the greatest rugby players of all time? Like, how can you say that he is going to have a career like Israel Folau? He might be a freak, but you know what it's like. You've seen a hundred talented kids that, you know, they they don't reach their potential for whatever reason. Mm. An injury, it doesn't click. Like, setting the bar at Israel Folau, do you not think is completely unrealistic? I think that's what they're trying to do here. Israel Folau, impact on rugby union was phenomenal. Like, he's the highest try scorer in Super Rugby, 60-odd tries and... Only a handful of games too, so he's a try scoring machine. Look, there's so much pressure on Joseph Sawaliti, and yeah, like the winner out of this is the NRL. I feel they got him for cheap. He's one of their marquee players. When he goes away, he's going to play rugby union, and if he does make the switch back to rugby league, you know, like there could be a case here, like he does, Louis, when the pressure's on and he doesn't, be, he hasn't been able to perform. He can come back and get him for cheap again. So. Yeah, look, it's it's interesting times, lads, and love the conversation. Joseph Suwali'i talking that, and, well, yeah, rugby union. If that stat is true, well, I'm no surprise. I'm not surprised here that they, they did that because we're always behind the eight ball in terms of signing, and, and we're always going after players after they've made it and having to sign overs. So the winner out of this, Joseph Suwali'i, well done to you. He's filled his pockets up, and Phil Gould said, you go now. It'll be interesting to see how the Roosters approach this. Anyway, coming up, we're going to talk prowess, the great Philly that is. We're going to catch up with one of the owners, Dean Skipper, and I cannot wait for this because I've watched a few group ones. This one might be my favourite. Back soon. And sole choice is the leader, but Pavitra's looming large on the outside and a length away to Prowess. It's Pavitra getting the upper hand from sole choice, but here comes the Kiwi Philly. Prowess is coming home hard, and Prowess moved up now, takes the lead in the binary stud stakes, and she's a class act, pulling right away Prowess to win it by three and a half to Pavitra. 
mate. That's a job well done. The Kiwi Philly Pro S made an absolute mess of her Aussie rivals in that Group 1. Vinery stakes in the weekend and one of the easiest watches you'll ever have in a big race. She's a wonderful young racer who seems to be getting better each start and she just adds to that three-year-old crop of New Zealand gallopers that uh, I think might just go down in history. Well, Dean Skipper, he owns the Philly and is... And we heard from Dean on the mail run on Saturday morning with Louie and Mick. Uh, he probably is still on uh, that bender having a good time. Are you, are you Dino? How are you going, mate? Just take us through that uh, that race, mate, and, and, his, and the elation that you felt at the end of it. Yeah, morning, boys. Thanks for uh, <clears throat> getting me on the on the radio. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's really hard to put into words. Uh, I'll what I will say though is uh, to get into the bedroom on um, Sunday morning, I had to bum shuffle down the stairs. So yeah, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> That's <laughs> I, look. I don't think I've ever been in that state, but I could I could get in that state if I ever get someone as good as Pro S, mate. Like you've you wait so long to get a horse like that. Are you excited of its future? Oh, absolutely! You know, it's um, it's it's something you don't even dream about when you buy a horse. Um, you just wanted to be able to or him be able to gallop and and get to the races. And um, you know, she's an absolute freak. I just got a text from Robert actually, and he said she's bucking and jumping um, on the track this morning. So uh, she's ready to go again, but she's getting a well-deserved rest, and um, we're we're looking forward to the future, man. Dean, it's so good to chat to you again, mate, and we we're just so happy to see it play out like that. It was just Group 1 ride by a Group 1 rider, Zara, and there's no concerns. Uh, is it ever an easy watch when you own a horse in a Group 1, or were you feeling pretty good during the trip? Nah, it's never an easy watch. Um, nervous, <laughs> uh, excited in the morning, but as we got closer to the race, got very, very nervous. Uh, and I didn't even see the last hundred actually because uh, I could see she was going to kill them, so I was jumping up and down and hugging everyone. And um, <laughs> it's just it's a phenomenal, phenomenal feeling, and it was just good to get one up the Aussies, eh? Oh, so good, Dean. Honestly, congratulations. I've watched a few Group Ones in my time, and that might be my favourite one of what I've watched. It was so good. You brain them, you got out, and you just kept going. Like, I think the question was asked, and you saw it in Roger James' poster. His emotions were flying. It's one of his best if he's been in the game for a very long time, but he couldn't steer us into the next direction for the great prowess. As an owner, you have all the say. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, a bit like the boys when they're playing playing for the Kiwis or the All Blacks. They told the coaches what to do, didn't they? <laughs> Great answer. You tell them what to do, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, look, the boys, we, you know, there's a, there's a, a, lot, a lot to be considered and um, there's lots and lots of options. Um, Is there a two in it? on that over the next few months. Is there a two in one Is of those options? Lot, Is there a two in one of those options? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, how good! What? Just, just give us your thoughts on the the three year old crop this year. You know, like we're just are we seeing 
something special um, coming out of New Zealand this year? Because it wasn't just your horse that did so well. We've got other three-year-olds that are running around, and it's probably woken up um, the New Zealand public. And, and, of course, a lot of horses that are running behind that good crop too, that maybe they're a chance in Australia. How do you see it? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I've followed um, horse racing for a long, long time, and um, you know we've had individual horses uh, who have gone over there and been able to compete. But this absolutely is an unbelievable um, group of of three year olds, and not just three year olds, slightly older horses. And uh, you know the Aussies are normally pretty strong at two and three, but um, you know look, even Sacred Satano, you know that went over there and raced. You know, it was about three lengths off Gigabyte and it's an unbelievable bunch of horses and uh, uh, through prowess just with ourselves we've got people who never followed horse racing they've opened up TAB accounts and they're sending me texts how much money they've won so they just love it and, and it's fantastic for racing Hey Dino just before we let you go are we going to see the caps and the and the colours and, and the flags and that all come out like a, another couple of great horses that um, we've seen in the past can we see that type of following happen with Prowess in the future? Nah, mate. We like to keep a low profile, but we'll just no be uh, in the public in the public bar <laughs> somewhere mate, with a coldie. This is New Zealand's horse. We love it. We own it too. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, they know afterwards that we're from New Zealand, mate. Don't worry about that. That's the way. Keeping it, keeping it real, Dean. Thank you very much for joining us. Hey. Look, all the best in the future. I'm pretty sure it's got a two in it, the next race, and uh, <laughs> you'll send him, send him that, that great uh, filly too, and uh, all the best when you do send it, send it to that. And, you know, I'll tell you what, we'll be following. We can't wait to get you back on for another chat. Thanks for joining us this morning. Yeah, thanks, boys. Have a good day, eh? There you go. Oh. How, how, how good is it when you're talking to a Kiwi and they just keep it so real? You know what I mean? It's, they're not, he's, not, he's not jumping off a 10-foot building and saying, look look at me, here I am, we are the next best thing. He's, he's basically said, Mark, I'm not telling you anything, we just want to keep it really quiet and just, you know, as we do, fly under the radar. Well, guess what, Dino? You can't fly under the radar with this one. It's too good. <laughs> what about the contrast, eh? As an owner, sleep until nine. As a trainer, you're up at four slaving away. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, what's next? What what next? So, Kempi, you think it's got a two in it? Lou, what's next? Uh, well, I don't know. What, what do you mean, Kempi? I'm, I'm trying to figure out what you're saying. Okay, mate, I'm, I'm, respecting, I'm respecting Dino because he gave me enough to say that that's where they think they're heading. I'll tell you, boys, offline, and we can probably, when they start to decide that, we will, we'll lead into it. All right? How's that? Oh, going to keep me guessing. I think she's going for it. Oh. She's going for a spell because they were thinking about keeping her over there for the Oaks, but they just—that's what they said. That they never really wanted. They don't want to push her, and she's done her job. So she's off for a spell. So she'll be back in the spring. But we'll, uh, you'll find out what Kimpy's got for us, I guess. Okay, beautiful, love it, absolutely love it, great, Dean, man. Oh, go buy a lotto because you've hit one there, mate. Absolutely outstanding, so good, Dean Skipper, Pro S owner. We'll go away and we'll come back and catch up with Smithy.